0: We'll bring you fresh perspectives on timely topics facing the industry from expert voices in the space. Find us wherever you download podcasts. And of course, you can always find us at IamWim.com. That's (laughs) IamWimII.com. Good morning, everybody. Um, I hope you're having a really nice week. If you're tuning in on uh, May 25th the day that this episode is released. I hope you're getting ready for Memorial Day weekend, and I hope you did not forget that this coming up weekend is Memorial Day weekend. Um, I'm like a last-minute planner, so I'm going to visit uh, some family um, for like a day or two, but then we were thinking of sort of taking off and, um, I don't know, spending a couple days somewhere. I'm like looking all over the place for somewhere with a pool, um, so, if you have any recommendations of a nice COVID-friendly hotel, kid-friendly too, with an outdoor pool, ideally somewhere in the Northeast, um, DM me on Instagram because I- I'm not coming up with anything really good. Of course, it's last minute, and this is how I roll on Memorial Day weekend. Like, as everybody's just getting vaccinated, I'm sure um, people are probably like laughing that I'm gonna find something, but. I'm not gonna lie, I always do. Um, so yeah, if you have any recommendations, suggestions, places you've been, um, DM me on Instagram. It's I am Wim, and that's I am Wim, double I M at the end. So this week on Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, we have our next awesome live streamed event. This one came about from an awesome thread in the Facebook group. Shout out to Brittany Hennessey. Um, And it's all about VC funding. So for any of you entrepreneurs out there who have, you know, dreamed about scaling your business and doing big business and might need some funding in order to do so, so this event is about VC funding demystified with two incredibly qualified women to discuss it, one who's gotten VC funding and one who gives VC funding. Um, so you won't want to miss that one. Check out imwim.com slash events to RSVP. And of course, to just check out all the other events that we've got cooking. As always, check us out on Clubhouse for all of our Clubhouse events. Check us out on Instagram, whim, our Facebook community, our website, everything. <laughs> we want to hear from you. I love hearing people. Um, and uh, if you are interested in joining our collective, which is our membership on steroids, you can always check out imwim.com. Use code PODCAST2021 for a special promo to our podcast listeners. Um, again, it's amwim.com and use promo code PODCAST2021. I am stoked to chat with not just one guest but two today from the company influencer. Um, obviously, such a great name to be able to to get that. Um, but I'm excited to chat with you ladies today. So, Hester Haley, welcome. Thank you. Thank Hi, you so much for having, having us. Video. Oh my gosh, of course. It's going to be just like a nice chit chat amongst girlfriends today. You know, we've got two experts here in the influencer space and we heard a little bit about you both in the intro to the show, but I'm just excited for our listeners to sort of get to know you a little bit, get to know your work a little bit, um, and also sort of get some of your predictions for the rest of the year. So, um, first and foremost, I would love to hear from, uh, let's start with Hester. What sort of trends are you seeing these days in terms of the creator economy?
1: Um, I mean, I think the main trend that we've been focusing on recently has been, well, actually probably the biggest trend that we're currently looking at is Clubhouse. Um, There's obviously been kind of like a huge, huge peak in that at the end of last year. And while we are seeing that kind of, decline a little bit I feel like it probably couldn't have been going like carried on going the way it was going Um, the surge in popularity on that was incredible and it created huge um, opportunities for creators Um, and actually that's true of all of the kind of different audio platforms and formats that we're seeing now um, and the ways that the creators can kind of monetize those different options I think those those will be like incredibly well utilized by creators um, in future.
0: So love that trend because I'm personally obsessed with Clubhouse. Are you per-
1: <laughs> are you are you personally on there
0: and enjoying the platform?
1: I'm personally on there and enjoying um, being a spectator, a silent spectator from the platform. I definitely need to give it a go in terms of kind of actually using it as it's meant to be used. But no, there's, it's like an amazing opportunity to just kind of like listen into like, you know, incredibly intelligent people having really interesting conversations. Um, and as you said, it's kind of way nicer to have to listen to those like more relaxed and open conversations as opposed to some of the more scripted things that you might find on kind of podcasts and things currently
0: I mean, that's like every conference I've ever been to (laughs) are (laughs) those like, right. Like you can close your eyes and predict exactly what that person's going to say. And so (laughs) I, I agree with you. Like, I think that's one of the many reasons why Clubhouse is so refreshing because it is off the cuff. It's like, you don't have time to script it. It's just an an organic conversation amongst peers. So, um, I'd be curious to hear from you ladies though, are you, strategically incorporating Clubhouse into, you know, your, the, the work you're doing with influencers and brands at all?
1: It's something that we're discussing at the moment. Um, it's definitely, I mean, I think everyone is really just looking for ways that they can, um, like, utilize it to best their abilities. We're definitely learning, like, more at the moment, like, trying to gain an understanding of it um, before kind of selling it in. But it is definitely something that's of
2: great interest to us. Just to add from a... Um, client perspective I think clients are always scared to be the first one to try out new new platforms and especially when you don't know too much about them um, especially in terms of like reporting and things like that that's always a big one for us when we do our campaigns is what we get back from them so yeah I think once one person goes I'm sure we'll see the rest but it just takes one person to take take that gamble on a new platform and then I think we'll see everyone else taking it up. For sure. So it sounds like um, you haven't
0: firsthand experienced any brand partnerships uh, there yet. Um, So I'm curious, would you advise for it now or against it and to wait?
2: Um, I think it really depends on the briefs that you get from, from your clients. And that's the same across all platforms is understanding what their objectives are and then what platform fits. So I guess with Clubhouse it's quite an informative platform so if it was to fit that brief then I'm sure we would would suggest it but yeah I think you kind of have to avoid suggesting platforms just for the sake of it and um, just because people want to be on there it has to be for the right reason and still serve a purpose so yeah I think if it fit the brief definitely but I think it all comes down to like the strategy in terms of what platforms to pick as well. For sure.
0: And Haley, what about you? What trends are you seeing these days in terms of the influencer and creator economy?
2: I think the biggest one for us on our campaigns is more around the style of content that people are producing. And I think that has a lot to do with TikTok taking off so much um, during the lockdown and just the way that people were consuming content in the lockdown as well. So I think the shift has become a lot more about entertaining content rather than where we kind of go more to instagram for like inspirational content i think especially with the introduction of reels a lot of the content now is is a lot more um it's not as polished it's much more like authentic and everything like that so it's it's much more about entertaining people and uplifting people and i think that's starting to transition across all the platforms and then you see things like instagram having the having reels to do that as well so I think platforms are also understanding what people want to see on social media so yeah that's that's been a big one for us and I think clients are also um understanding that that content is is not as polished anymore and they're kind of adapting to that which is actually really nice to see because it gives creators a lot more control and a lot more freedom as to what they want to post and how they approach a brief as well So I read just this
0: morning that TikTok is officially the number two social media platform in terms of branded partnerships. So no question, you know, no surprise there. Um, Definitely in the past, you know, year, especially really seen things um, uptick in terms of TikTok. But I still feel like it's, it's not... It's not streamlined enough in terms of rates, in terms of you know predictability. Certainly not predictability. So, um, you know, if you were to um, advise a a brand on how best to work with
1: TikTokers,
0: what would you say, Hester?
1: I think, I mean, in terms of like advising brands on any platforms and as part of any campaigns, I feel like the best thing for them to do is often actually to reach out to the creators like themselves. Um, You know, if you reach out, if you work with creators, providing them with very clear like business goals um, and a very clear brief, and you actually discuss with the creators like the kinds of content that they would produce in in order to achieve those business goals, um, you'll get the kind of best results out of them.
0: Definitely. And what would you say, Haley? Are you are you personally into TikTok? Like, are you on there pretty often, or are you do you prefer a different platform just for your personal
2: consumption? My personal preference is always Instagram. I feel like I'm just over the age bracket of TikTok, but I did I did have it in lockdown, and i I just found it so addictive. Um, like, they do an amazing job of keeping you on that platform. Like, they they know <laughs> they know what they're doing with it. Um, but yeah, I think for me, the preference is definitely Instagram. I'm still of that. I, I like to look at more polished content, even though it goes against everything I just said in my previous comment. But yeah, I think that's why I use Instagram more. I like to like save content, especially at home and interior stuff. Um, so yeah, that and Pinterest for me are probably the two that I use the most.
0: I want to get to know Hester and Haley a little bit more personally. So we have some fun, like rapid fire, get to know you questions. Um, can I ask you ladies, some of those? Are you ready to yeah, have some absolutely. fun? Definitely, <laughs> definitely. Yeah,
1: definitely.
0: Perfect. Sounds good. So I'm going to ask you guys that this works best when you don't think too much about your answer okay. and it's just what comes <laughs> to mind first. Good. <laughs> so I'm going to start with Haley. So Haley, what is your
2: biggest motivation? I'm trying not to think about it too much just because of what you just <laughs> said. Um I would say family. I always love going to my family when I've um when I feel like I've achieved something and it's just nice to kind of go back to them and and I think yeah, just seeing getting your family to see how well you're doing is always always a nice thing to share. And along those lines,
0: it's family, kids, etc. cetera. Um, Hester,
1: what did you want to be when you were growing up? Oh, God. Um, I actually, well, I was thinking when you asked Hayley that question just now, I was thinking I'm very motivated by, like, family and everything as well, but I would also have said money. And <laughs> when I was little, I really wanted to be, I watched a program that said that, um, therapists were really well paid so I wanted to be a therapist age four and then I learned at school that you had to do biology to do that and so that one went out the window um so yeah I think a therapist a four-year-old therapist wait I love that so much what, <laughs>
0: it- <laughs> what an insightful kid you were oh my goodness that's pretty ambitious of you that's so cool See, I'm definitely definitely getting to know you I love this um Haley, um what is the best age to be?
2: That's a hard one. I always like say the age that I am now, which is 29 and two weeks. but um, yeah, I've, I've enjoyed like late 20s because um, I don't know. I feel like you're still in that time when you're just quite carefree and enjoying yourself, but equally you've, you've learned quite a lot. So it's a nice nice kind of in- between. I feel like you can still get away with things but you're a bit wiser
0: you can get away with things <laughs> enjoy the crap out of your 20s but get excited for your 30s yeah <laughs> um Hester what is uh what is your favorite social media app you mentioned Clubhouse but is that actually your favorite app and if not what is it it's
1: not I would it's a Definite toss up between Instagram and TikTok. I am definitely susceptible to falling into a big TikTok hole, and I would say this year especially. I know we touched on it earlier, but the kind of light relief that TikTok provides, I think, has really, actually, like, really helped me. I would also say TikTok is such a good platform in terms of like education. Um, I know there's a lot of memes at the moment. Like, I've learned more, you know, sharing things they've like learned on the internet as opposed to having learned at school, and I think. TikTok is incredible for that. I think my favourite example of that is the Hong Kong demonstrators teaching the um, protesters in Russia, um, you know, their rights and how to protest safely, you know, using TikTok. And I think people forget, you know, in amongst all of that other very good but quite silly surface content on that app, that there is actually also this this incredible education tool. Um, But I do enjoy a good Instagram scroll as well
0: oh my gosh there's there's so much on tiktok there that's the, so much that on is, tiktok yeah, that is such <laughs> a, a blessing mis- a curse. yeah well yes that too 100% it's it's I'm so glad that you mentioned that though because that is such a misconception um yeah. that tiktok is like just for young people and it's all kids dancing and to your point oh my gosh there's so much more than just that there's an educational piece there's like Thank I mean you. the list goes you on can and learn on. how
1: to like cut an onion or you can yeah learn to dance and it's yeah I think the, the opportunities are endless especially at 3am when you should be asleep
0: <laughs> definitely but if you're like innately curious of a person mm-hmm. like it sounds like you are uh TikTok will feed that curiosity 100%. so so much there's so much to learn on there and then Haley, besides social media apps what's your favorite non-social media app that you're using these
2: days um oh my god I have to look at my phone I'm like do I even use my phone for anything that's not (laughs) social media um I use a lot of shopping apps which is I should really remove them from my phone I check them like they're a social media app it's quite deadly but I think being at home and being in lockdown is just yeah online shopping is is the next addiction for me so yeah H&M gets checked Quite often, especially taking them <laughs> home. So yeah, that's probably next on my list. Oh, they
0: do have good home stuff. They do. Yeah. They really do. It's really nice. I mean, it's obviously like affordable, but also like looks more expensive than it is. So I feel like you're getting a lot of bang for your buck, which is awesome. Um, Hester, are you into movies, podcasts, TV shows, or something else when you are not on social media, but looking for some, for some, uh, for some entertainment?
1: I think it completely depends what kind of mood I'm in. I'm trying at the moment to actually to listen to the radio more. Um, so I'm trying to, I guess, I feel like when you turn on the radio, you kind of never know what you're going to get. And I'm very bad at you know, I'll sit down and turn on the TV and I'll always go back to the same things. Um, so, yeah, I've been really enjoying the good old, old fashioned radio recently, but I do also love a good podcast. Um, I, I'm not much of a movie person. My attention span probably isn't quite there. Um, so, yeah, I think actually also very, yeah, audio platforms in terms of yeah, podcasts and radio.
0: Awesome. And Haley, I'll ask the same question of you. And then whatever your answer is, I'd love to hear what your favorite one is. So if it's podcasts, for example, it's your favorite podcast movies, what's your favorite movie?
2: Um, what are you consuming these days? Um, I'm the same as Hester. I'm terrible at like making a choice on what to watch. So I do end up, I end up watching a lot of them, um, like reality TV, which is is really embarrassing but if um if I'm gonna pick it I'd probably spend a lot of time on Netflix I think just being at home more you can sacrifice more of your time on a full series so yeah Bridgerton was my one for January and I got through that pretty quickly um so, yeah, I'd probably say that's what I do next. With there my time. is nothing wrong with a good bit of reality TV. <laughs> I
0: agree. <Yeah>. I agree. <laughs> Look, we just posted um, a really interesting, but also heartbreaking article. Um, in our Facebook group, just like yesterday, and it's gotten so many comments and the gist of it without getting, you know, you can read it yourself is basically just that burnout is so real in this mm-hmm. industry and you know, the, that it's so normalized. And in fact, like, you know, people sort of, it's a badge of honor that you like run yourself into the ground. And so, you know, that's a whole other topic, but no shame in vegging out and turning off your brain. and and enjoying some reality TV or a fun podcast or whatever it is. So no shame in that at all. (laughs) Um, And then my last question for Hester, Um, if money were no object, what would you do for a living?
1: Back to the money. Um, I think I would be, I would love to be a teacher um or I would actually love to go and be a war correspondent slightly niche but wow. I that would be really
0: interesting <laughs> I love that
1: we're both like oh wow that's-
0: <laughs> I love that and Haley, what about you I'm gonna ask you that same question if money were no object um what would you do for a living
2: I would do what um four-year-old Hester would do I'd love to be some kind of like therapist or something like that I just find mindset and psychology just so so fascinating and I'm a people person so I love love talking to people about that kind of thing so yeah I think that would be mine. That's so interesting.
0: Oh my gosh, you girls, like I'm such a proponent for therapy. And I, I love that. Like I've never, I haven't heard that answer to my question ever on this podcast. And both of you are saying that you have an interest in that, but I, I get it. I understand it. Right. It's just like human psychology is so fascinating. And, you know, that's so much of what we even incorporate into what we do for a living. Right. You're trying to, you know, figure out how to, how to please your client, like the, you know, the story that an influencer tells and, and, you know, going through their life. And, um, it's very, like, I, I definitely see synergies there, but that's so interesting. Maybe that's why you guys work so well together. (laughs) There's a similar, there's a, there's a definitely a through line there for the both of you. And that's really cool to see. And so in terms of brand partnerships, like what sorts of brands are you guys working with um on a regular basis like what are there any sort of categories that you tend to um see the most uh how talk to me
2: about the the brand side of the work that you do it's it's pretty varied actually um obviously we've seen travel drop off in the last year um and it kind of comes back again every kind of government announcement it it makes its way back and then kind of pushes back again so hopefully that will pick up in the summer um but for us I think um we work with a lot of alcohol brands which is really good fun because obviously when you're working with brands like that you have to be quite strategic about how you put the messaging across so it does tend to go down quite a creative route which is always quite fun to work on um but yeah it's really varied I think that's one of the the most exciting things about working here is that the verticals that we cover are so broad.
0: Charles didn't have just any coronary artery disease. He had Charles's coronary artery disease. Michelle didn't have just any heart attack. She had Michelle's heart attack. At VCU Health Poly Heart Centre, we know every heart is unique. And as Virginia's only nationally ranked heart program, we'll keep them beating healthy and strong. VCU Health Poly Heart Centre. Learn more at vcuhealth.org slash heart.
2: Um, And not just working with brands, but also working with agencies and and the clients that they bring us. Um, It definitely gives us quite a nice variety in in who we work with, um, both with creators and clients as well. And I love to hear that.
0: I mean, there are definitely some nuances I can imagine about working with like a, a, an alcohol brand, for example, and like age regulations and just, you know, very specific rules. Um, I'm curious to hear, like in terms of those brand partnerships, um, you know, how do you guys set yourself apart um there are certainly other companies who you know are working with alcoholic brands and you know you said you have you cast a pretty wide net like how would you articulate what sets you guys apart besides this incredible name that you have and the credible people that you have um, what else sets you guys apart and makes you guys uh, pretty special
1: i think i mean our main goal is to build meaningful relationships between um advertisers and creators um using data um so everything all of our campaigns go via our platform um and yeah we bring together kind of all the different elements so create discovery create relationship management campaign management um, and campaign reporting um and like that's all kind of enriched with like actionable insights etc so we really are enabling our clients to kind of make smarter decisions to kind of build those relationships with those creators. Um, On the flip side, I would say, you know, the content that comes out of our platform, because we are able to make these informed decisions based on um, the kind of all the data from the different platforms and um, past historic data from our past campaigns. um, We're able to work with the creators to produce some of the most creative content. I mean, I guess maybe I'm slightly biased, but you know, the most creative content I personally am seeing. which I think does set us
2: apart. Definitely. And Haley, what would you add to that? Um, I think as well, it comes down to the integrity of the team as well. Like Hester was saying, obviously everything that we do goes through our platform and, and data drives a lot of um, our decisions. But I think one thing that I'm quite proud of within our team is our um, integrity with our clients as well. So for us, it's a huge um there's a huge kind of educational side to what we do as well um because we're very aware that some some of our clients come to us for that insight and that knowledge so yeah I'd say the team as well are great with 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 it being quite a specialist subject and we do have kind of sessions with our clients to make sure that they understand the decisions that we make and and we're quite we're quite good at advising them on on the right path to take as well That's awesome to hear. And I
0: think it's always just important to like hone in on your why to hone in on, you know, what makes you unique as a business owner myself. So it's great to hear that those are just some of the ways. Question for you, ladies. How can brands do a better job of partnering with influencers? Whoever wants to chime in on that one. I'm
2: very curious to hear your answer. Um, I think from my side, it would just to be have that trust in them um i think most other um content or media ways of working you have a lot more control in terms of the content that comes back and you can be a lot more refined with with the output but the i guess the usp of working with influencers and creators is you give them a brief and everyone comes back with something different um and i think if if you can embrace that side of it that's where you get best results I think when it becomes quite tricky is when you try and refine it in the same way that you might work on other types of campaigns Um, and I think creators prefer working that way as well and and a bit like Hester was saying at the beginning as long as you kind of include your creators in that um, aspect of your brief so that they understand exactly what your objectives are so if you're trying to um, increase sales or if impressions is your focus like let them in on that um, but then, in terms of producing the content, kind of trust them to take the lead um because ultimately that's why we pick them as well for their expertise. so yeah,
1: yeah, I think I totally agree with that, and just to kind of add on to it, I guess it's an amazing opportunity for the brands as well, and I think they sometimes forget that you know these creators that we work with, they have such a close bond with their community, and if the brand can kind of tap into that, they're able to use the creator and their communities as almost kind of like focus groups so you know for their content but also I mean bringing them in in any stage of the even in terms of like the kind of product production process and that kind of thing you know you can work with creators to almost if you bring them in at the beginning you can they can help you to like refine your your whole marketing campaign Um, and I think that's quite often kind of forgotten by the brands.
0: Agreed. I think that's a really, really solid point too. And then I think it's so important to always talk about the influencers themselves as the absolute backbone of our industry. And so question for you ladies as well, like, how can influencers do more work, get more opportunities, but ultimately make more money? How can they improve
1: there are, I feel like there are so many. The platforms, I think, are really kind of, um, what's the word, like, kind of clocking onto this at the moment, and they are offering way more opportunities now for creators to monetize their followings. So I think TikTok released their creator fund, didn't they, which um, they said, like, would enable creators to, like, earn money that reflected, like, the time, care, and dedication that went into connecting with their audiences. Um, Clubhouse has a payments thing. Twitch House has bits. I believe it's called um which gives like money as like tips to your favorite streamers I'm not a big twitch um user <laughs> um but I think that's the one so I think there are way more opportunities for creators to kind of monetize and that's an amazing compliment to influencer marketing because I think if influencers are being offered opportunities through the platforms to create more money they're then able to really focus on creating the actual, like really focus on creating the content that they want to create and producing that really authentic, high-level content, which in turn feeds back into influence marketing. They're able to kind of hone their content creation like abilities um, and improve any kind of brand partnerships that they do further down the
2: line. Yeah, Haley, I love to hear your two cents too. I think from my side, there's a lot more to working with creators than just the content they. They produce. I think my advice to creators would be don't be afraid to say no to opportunities um, because we'd much rather someone turn us down if they feel like the brand isn't right for them or the content that we're asking for isn't going to perform well rather than see that happen and then have a disappointed client. I think it's always good to look ahead of what opportunity sits in front of you because. We definitely see more success working with creators who have really nailed down their niche and really understand who their audience are and what they want from them. So, yeah, anyone that kind of says no to us for that reason, I think is a really, really good thing and shows um, it shows that they really know what what they're doing and what what they want to set out to achieve. And I think then they'd only really pick the right collaborations for them and that can only work well for both sides.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, when it's all working successfully, it's a true partnership at the end of the day. And so everybody has to get out of it. Some like some everybody has to get something really beneficial out of the relationship. So, you know, for example, we get this question as we're on Clubhouse a lot. We were talking about Clubhouse earlier and, um, you know, influencers will say, you know, should I work for, you know, below my rate or is there any, you know, instance in which it makes sense for me to work on like a strictly affiliate basis, for example. And transparently, I used to say no, I used to, my answer would always be absolutely not like you are worth more, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I've, I've sort of flipped my, my script a little bit lately. And I do think that there are certain instances in which, There is still value to be gleaned from working on like an affiliate basis or maybe even slightly below your normal rate, for example. And, you know, that could be to build up case studies that could be to build a relationship that can be because, you know, you're still, you haven't had a lot of brand partnerships, so you don't have those relationships yet. And so, you know, you're building your credibility in the industry and there's a certain like follower count engagement percentage, et cetera, in which that can make sense. So, you know, again, yes, a true partnership at the end of the day, I think it's so important that like everybody feels fulfilled (laughs) at the end of a, a contract. Um, that they've gotten what they what they needed out of the situation. And if they haven't, I hope that – I wish that actually people would speak up a little bit more um, because usually if you enter into, you know, an agreement, in a partnership like that, like, everybody wants it to be successful at the end of the day. And there's so many variables that are in play for all of this stuff that, like, it is it is reasonable to think that, you know – You could not necessarily, that you may not reach all of your goals or KPIs, certainly with a one-off post. So, you know, I think that it's, I, I hope that people are more collaborative, more communicative, Um, And that would be something that I would like to see for the rest of 2021. I'm curious to hear from you ladies, if you could make any predictions or, you know, something that you wish would be different or or better for the rest of 2021. What would that be?
1: I think one of the main like predictions and things that we're really hoping will be different and it is we are already seeing it massively is kind of I guess less of a focus on um, like follow account and engagement we obviously saw Instagram roll out like removal of likes and stuff and um, they're also I think I believe they're rolling out the removal of follow accounts as well or testing it in some areas and what we've seen this has meant is um this kind of movement of focus away from those kind of vanity metrics and towards like deeper social metrics has meant that creators are able to actually focus on producing like more kind of meaningful and authentic content um which is kind of again like being incredible for instance marketing but it also you know it resonates way better with audiences um and yeah it's just kind of giving creators like way more opportunities to actually go back to basics and to do like the things that they really came onto, like Instagram, especially in those kind of more aesthetic content platforms, the reasons why they came onto those.
0: Definitely. And what about you, Haley? If you could like either predict something for the rest of 2021 or um, hope for change or something to be better that through the end of this year, um, what would you hope for? What would you change
2: or what would you predict? Um, I think in terms of predictions, there's a, there's a couple from me. I think um, the first is, and I think you touched on it before, is more um, long-term partnerships with creators. Um, as Hester said before, a lot of what we do in terms of selection of creators is, is hugely backed up by the data that we have. Um, and when you really nail it with a creator and, and their partnership with, with a client, um, that client often doesn't want to leave that um, collaboration there, which is really nice to see. So we've had a lot of campaigns who then continue to work with those creators um, after that one. And we're seeing a lot of our campaigns in- extend into those long term partnerships. I can definitely see that happening more. Um, and I think the second one would be um, a lot more focus on paid media, which is something that we've been doing a lot of over the last six months. Um, and I think not only that, but I think creator content will start transferring over into other, um, media forms. Um, not only cause it's, it's more cost effective, but I think people are starting to see that that content is much more relatable to what we've, what we've seen before.
0: Yeah. I love that. And I'd love for you to dive into a little bit more of the paid media piece that you mentioned. Um, I think that it's what I've seen is it's absolutely something that moves the needle. Um, but it could be daunting. It can be intimidating, um, or prevent it. Like it can, it can get in the way. Um, and, and people, uh, don't necessarily, know what to do with it or how to do it, if you could like break it down as the main reason um, and maybe a, a simple strategy to start out with in terms of
2: paid media, um, what would you tell everyone listening? Um, I think I think you're right. It's definitely, it's definitely something that's been quite daunting over the last year. And it's, it's definitely taken off in the last few months. And I, I've seen from the campaigns that we work on that creators are Starting to understand it a lot more and asking a lot more um, questions around it, which is which is great to see because it also challenges our our clients to to think about it more um, and to understand what what people want from it. Um, I think from our side, um, it's really just a way of amplifying the work that we're already doing and just extending it outside of. Um, as Hester mentioned earlier, all of these creators have a very um, Targeted audience and very close communities, and and I guess the paid media element of it is just extending that out to not just anyone but just broadening out that specific target audience. Um, so yeah, it's definitely becoming more and more common, um, with our campaigns, and it's another thing that our clients are coming for in terms of the right thing to do, especially when you run it alongside um, an organic creator campaign. so that partnership works quite well. Definitely. And for those of, you know, for people listening
0: who, you know, have maybe explored uh, some, some paid social and boosting posts and things like that and, and haven't had the success that they may have hoped for, um, what would you
2: suggest they look at differently or revisit? Um, I think first and foremost the starting point is the is always the creator's content and you have to get that right first otherwise it's not gonna resonate with the audience that you want it to so for us the importance of picking the right creators is still still top of our list um and then I would say I think from a paid media perspective it's just it's still understanding that that target audience and you can still be very niche in terms of who you target um it doesn't mean that when you're using paid media just goes out to everyone um you can still scale it down and you can you can be pretty specific with paid media so it doesn't mean that you have to scale it up in terms of having a really wide audience you can still keep it um as niche as you would with with a creator campaign as well i love
0: that i appreciate that I, i think again like i feel like it's just intimidating to some folks um and another thing that I've seen trend wise is that so many agencies for one reason or another are, you know, who are doing incredible work in terms of influencer marketing, tend to outsource that piece of their business, maybe because it's intimidating or daunting or just it's not in their wheelhouse and they would just rather outsource it. Um are are there any like resources that you would suggest in order to just like learn more about paid social?
2: What would you suggest? My advice for creators and clients is just don't be afraid to ask the questions um, because there's so much to understand about it. Um, And especially for a creator who's Whose content might be going further than than their audience it's definitely good to just be quite transparent about what you know and what you don't know um and that's we see that a lot with our creators and we we really appreciate them asking the questions because also sometimes it's questions that we don't know the answer to and we take it to the client and like I said before it can be quite thought provoking for the client as well so yeah I think it's something running it alongside a creator campaign is something that's quite new but I think what what we do quite well is because we do that in-house as well. We, we align the two quite nicely together.
0: I appreciate that. Um, Yeah. I think, you know, in terms of education, there, there just needs to be more of it. Right. I mean, I, I can't name, you know, places other than, than women, you know, there's more that we could even do, um, where you can learn about these things. So uh, to your point, I think it's just like having conversations like this, like networking with others who are doing it, but I don't know. I just want to empower people to perhaps incorporate that more into their own businesses versus feeling like you have to outsource it. There are so many, um, so many things that like incorporating that can inform the full picture of, you know, the influencer partnership and brand partnership. So, um, just my two cents on that. And, and I'm glad that you guys brought that up. I really appreciate that. So, um, um, look, I have so enjoyed our conversation today, especially just getting to know you, like you ladies personally, a little bit better. Um, if, Uh, our listeners want to get to know you even more connect with you uh, learn more about all the great services that you guys are providing Um, how
1: can they reach out and learn more you can reach out to me honestly on kind of any medium um, linkedin instagram Um, actually those are probably the only two i'm on but yeah if people do have any more questions or anything like that i'm always so happy to um, like answer any or jump on a call so get in touch
0: Awesome. Hester and Haley, what about you? What's the best way to get in touch if they want to reach out?
2: Yeah, same for me. Um, LinkedIn, probably the best one. I'm always happy to kind of respond to any messages on there. Um, and obviously all our influencer stuff as well. We check our DMs quite regularly on there. Um, so any questions from creators are more than welcome
0: perfection and so we will list all of that in the show notes so everybody knows the best ways to get in touch um my last question for today and this is a question for each of you because I am excited to hear your individual answers let's start with you Haley what do you wish someone had told your younger self that would have given you a professional or personal advantage today
2: um I think the best thing for me was just learning that um you as an individual is how you do things is absolutely fine. I remember being really shy and nervous when it came to like public speaking and presenting. Um, and I slowly learned that like your little individual quirks are what make, make you different from everyone else. And there's no like one set way of doing things. And I think embracing that and having confidence with that um, gets you a long way.
0: I would actually like, emphasize that even more. I could not agree with you more. I actually think that like leaning into all those quirks and those unique things about you um, actually make you like stand out in the best way and sets you apart from the crowd and, and really gives you a leg up. Isn't it crazy how like as kids, especially we're like trying to hide those things and fit in and all those things. And, and I don't know, you grow up and you learn that like, no, that's like, that's your calling card. Yeah. (laughs) Like yeah, like that is what makes you special. Um, I love that you said that. And Hester, what about you? Um, what would you tell your younger self that would have given you a professional or personal advantage today?
1: Yeah, I think I've got to agree with Haley. Um, that kind of yeah, what you the, th- the things that make you tick like kind of lean into those um there's no point in kind of trying to like do the same things that other people are doing because if they're not the things that kind of get you going like you're not going to enjoy them and therefore you're not going to like do a good job and I think it's also just really important to remember that also everyone is having those same thoughts you know and people really appreciate actually when you know you say like maybe I don't know or I don't I can't do that cuz you know people people are like at the end of the day like most people are kind of intrinsically kind um and there's yeah there's no need to be scared of like getting things wrong or doing things differently
0: I so appreciate the two of you coming on today such great insights um I think the work that you guys are doing is fantastic. So please keep that up. Please stay active in WIM. I know our members want to get to know you more and have you just like dive into the community. Um, So thank you both so much for joining today. Thank
1: you so much for having us.
0: Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, we got to have you back. Check out our website for more ways to get involved, including all the information you need about joining our collective. You can check out all the information at IamWim.com. That's iamwhim double I, dot com. And if you enjoyed this episode, leave us a review, a rating. But the most important thing that we can ask you to do is to share this podcast. See you next week. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week. Tune in next week.